I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hi there, Prakaptan. Welcome back. Today, we'll be covering Meditation 19 from Book 5. That meditation reads as follows. Things as such do not touch the soul in the least. They have no avenue to the soul, nor can they turn or move it. It alone turns and moves itself, and it makes what is submitted to it resemble the judgments of which it deems itself deserving. Now, before we can dive into this meditation and today's episode, I have a few new patrons to thank. Thank you to Wanda Gorton, Joseph Castorino, Tim Strackbean, Mark Jameson, Deep Sethi, Conrad Coons, and Simon. Your support of my work beyond this podcast directly through Patreon for $5 a month is the only thing that keeps all the content I create for free, free to the people who cannot afford to pay for it. If you're not currently supporting my work, you can do so by going to actualstoicism.com forward slash support. Doing so gains you access to a few exclusive Discord channels in our community, a forthcoming monthly Stoicism book club, and any exclusive content I decide to add on Patreon. If you would like to get rid of ads in this podcast, you can go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members and do so for $2.99 a month. Please keep in mind that any revenue I generate through ad-free subscriptions is split with my network. Speaking of ads, you're about to hear some before we start today. See you on the other side. I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform, and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it, and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which, from personal experience, I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their 
your all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back from Adland. Today we're going over Meditation 519 from Marcus Aurelius, which again reads as follows. Things as such do not touch the soul in the least. They have no avenue to the soul, nor can they turn or move it. It alone turns and moves itself, and it makes what is submitted to it resemble the judgments of which it deems itself deserving. Things do not touch the soul. Perhaps one of just a few core principles of Stoicism. Our soul, which is better framed today as our hegemonicon, or our rational faculty, is under our control. It is the only thing, in fact, which is under our control. Virtue in Stoicism has everything, and I mean everything, to do with the things we choose. The actions we choose, the ascents we choose, the impressions we choose, the thoughts and attitudes we choose, and the words we choose. Choice is to virtue as feet are to kicking. Maybe. I hope that analogy holds up. We'll see. In that kicking has everything to do with the foot, the angle of your foot, the speed of your foot, the direction your foot is facing, etc. Ultimately, it all comes down to the foot's impact with the thing you're kicking. That's where the proverbial rubber meets the proverbial road. In Stoicism, it all comes down to your choice. This is where the philosophical rubber meets the philosophical road. A leg is involved in kicking, surely, just as studying texts may be involved in making sage-like choices, but ultimately, when it comes to judging whether or not you are a virtuous person, the material placed on the scales making that judgment is your choices. Why? Because virtue cannot be determined by things you have not chosen. If you witness your child pick up your favorite vase, and I don't know who still has vases anymore, but that's where my head's at, I guess, and then smash it on the floor, certainly you're going to judge this action because they chose to take it. On the other hand, if you witness your child slip on the stairs, tumble down them, and roll into your favorite vase, thus knocking it to the floor and smashing it, you may well still be upset at the loss of your vase, although hopefully not as much as you are worried about the well-being of your child, but you would never judge the behavior or character of your child in regards to this outcome because they didn't choose it. Marcus is pointing out that if it isn't your choice, it isn't related to your moral character. Your moral character is your choices. It is nothing else. This is why everything that isn't a choice is an indifferent, because everything that isn't a choice doesn't impact your virtue, because everything that isn't your choice isn't an expression of your character. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, duh, 
But this is a nuance that seems to be missed by a lot of practicing contemporary Stoics. You may not be one of them, but plenty believe something is an indifferent simply because they cannot control it. But something is an indifferent if it isn't a choice. It's that simple. That doesn't mean, as I've said before, you can't care about things you can't choose. Choosing to not care about something you can't control or choose is a choice, isn't it? If I choose not to care about my grandmother's health simply because I cannot control my grandmother's health, I've chosen not to care, so my grandmother's health is still an indifferent and therefore has nothing to do with my character, but my choice not to care about it is a choice and reflects directly upon my character, and thus my virtue. It alone turns and moves itself. Our hegemonicon, our rational faculty, is its own master no matter what Sam Harris says. And when it chooses, it is choosing because it wants to choose. But this will happen whether or not you are consciously choosing as, let's say, the operator of your hegemonicon, because it is a hegemonicon's job to choose. That's what it does. Think of it like this. If you skydive out of an airplane, you are a body falling through the air. It is a body's job to fall in accordance with gravity, whether or not you are trying to fall. But anyone who has ever played the hit Super Nintendo game Pilot Wings, circa 1990-something, shout out to Nintendo, please sponsor this podcast, you can tilt your body, position your arms and legs, and make other physical contortions to influence the manner of your falling. And, in Pilot Wings at least, land directly in the center of the big target on the ground. This is where prosake comes in. Your brain is going to make some wild, vicious, unhelpful decisions if you're not paying attention to it. It's going to fall through the proverbial sky of choice land and land wherever gravity pulls it. Gravity here might be passions. Again, I'm not totally on board with my own analogies all the time, but there you go. But if you are paying attention, you can influence the direction of your fall and land on that mountain made of fluffy and virtuous pillows over yonder. Obviously, this analogy has some issues, as all of my analogies seem to. If you're falling through the air, there's absolutely a limit to how much of that falling you control, but give me a little latitude, okay? And maybe a little altitude. I'm a philosopher, not a sage. It makes what is submitted to it resemble the judgments of which it deems itself deserving. If a situation enters your hegemonicon, your hegemonicon will view it through whatever lens you have conditioned it to see through. This is something like the American expression, and quote from Abram Maslow, if the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem as a nail. Yeah, that was Maslow, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, except this is known as Maslow's hammer, or more accurately, the law of instrument. This is another reason you can never let up on your prosecaic, let's say, practice. It is also where prejudice, and I don't mean any specific kind of prejudice, I just mean intellectual prejudice in general, comes from. If your experience is XYZ frequently enough, you internalize that experience as a sort of law, or, to stick with my metaphor, lens and you wind up seeing every experience through the lens of this internalized experience. When seven of ten people who wear hats have treated you unkindly, you avoid ten out of ten people who wear hats. 
when the last three relationships you had were with someone from Rhode Island who wound up being abusive, sorry, Rhode Island, I swear I randomly pointed at a map to select the state, you avoid ever dating anyone from Rhode Island and, very likely, harbor an unjust prejudice towards all Rhode Islanders. Experience is useful for predicting the future, but it isn't the end-all be-all. It's not a crystal ball. Allowing experience to control your rational faculties on a sort of autopilot is to give up control of the one tool you have to develop a virtuous character. This is, perhaps, the most vicious thing you could choose to do. And that makes me want to create my own law of instrument. How about Tanner's Law of Virtue? That might go something like this. When all you control are your choices, every choice is an expression of character. Or something like that. Thanks for listening today. I appreciate you being here. Remember, if you'd like to support the work I do outside of this podcast, help to keep it free for everyone, and gain access to a few great extras, you can do so for $5 a month at actualstoicism.com forward slash support. Thanks again for listening. Please have a great day if possible. And until next time, take care. Thank you.